Yeah, I got a great idea for everybody. How about we just get rid of the yellow line rule? Um, nobody really wants to see the races come down to these type of decisions, and I don't think it's going to crash more cars than we crashed today. You know, it's kind of frustrating to have to make these decisions. I know NASCAR doesn't want to be put in this position, so let's just get rid of it as you know, get rid of it from here on out. That's right, everyone. NASCAR once again ruined another good race right at the end. Let's get into it. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Did you guys watch the Talladega race? I did. I enjoyed the first uh, 190 laps of it. Hell, I probably enjoyed the first 199 laps of it. But man, that last lap, how the hell did NASCAR screw it up that bad? This is as bad as like 2015, 2008's Talladega races. And I, I say the replacement refs of the NFL probably took some good notes and gave them to NASCAR and said, Oh, yes, I'll show you how to officiate the end of a race. That's literally how it felt like here at the very end. Uh, we're going to go into all that, and I know most of you guys know what exactly went down, but we're going to look at this um, note to note and see what exactly happened here at the end of this race. But before we get into all that, let's look at the final results because we are halfway through the 2020 playoffs. We have five more races left, and that's it for the 2020 season. It has been a crazy year, and what better way to make it even more crazier with one of the most controversial finishes in NASCAR history. So let's get into it. This is your final results here at Talladega Super Speedway. Two hundred laps at Talladega. I never thought we would see two hundred laps. That's the equivalent of five hundred and thirty-two miles. Hot damn, that's a lot of driving. The only time we see that kind of mileage is when we go to the Coca-Cola six hundred. Not Talladega, but we did, and by God, we wish we didn't go that far. But anyways, there was fifty-eight lead changes amongst eighteen different drivers, one of the biggest numbers of the twenty twenty season. 13 cautions for 54 laps. That breaks the record here at Talladega, where I do believe the last record was 11 cautions in a race. We had 13 in this one. Uh, there was a lot of people who led the race and a lot of people who had good opportunities to win the race. <coughs> Matty Benedetto. But in the end, it was Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11, getting his seventh win of the season. He locks himself in to the round of eight and will get another victory for Joe Gibbs Racing here at Talladega. Congratulations to the number 11 machine. He is your winner of yesterday's race. Finishing second, we have the number 20 of Eric Jones, his partner. Finishing third, we have the number 13 of Ty Dillon. Finishing fourth, we have the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing fifth is the number nine of Chase Elliott, another playoff driver. Finishing sixth, we have the number six of Ryan Newman. Finishing seventh, we have the number eight of Tyler Reddick, the top finishing rookie. 
Finishing 8th, another rookie, the number 38 of John Hunter Nemechek. Finishing 9th, another rookie, and hey, a field filler as well, the number 15 of Brandon Poole finishes 9th. And rounding up the top 10, the number 37 of Ryan Priest. Finishing 11th, we have last year's Coke Zero 400 winner, the number 77 of Justin Haley. Finishing 12th is the number 3 of Austin Dillon. Finishing 13th, the double zero of Quinn Hoff, with probably the best finish he's ever going to have in his career in the Cup Series. Finishing 14th is the number 88 of Alex Bowman. Finishing 15th is the number 66 of Timmy Hill. Man, it was a good day for field fillers. I am so happy. Finishing 16th is the number 42 of Matt Kenseth. Finishing 17th, another field filler, the number 51 of Joey Gase. Finishing 18th, we have the number 2 of Brad Kisilowski. Finishing 19th is the number 27 of Cody Ware. And rounding out the top 20, the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. We're going to have some noticeable drivers that finished outside the top 20, so we're just going to go all the way down. Finishing 21st, we have the number 21 of Matty Bandetta, who got black flagged on the last lap, as well as the number 17 of Chris Busher, who also won stage 1 of this race. Winning stage 2 of this race, was the number 19 of Martin Shrex Jr. He finishes 23rd. Finishing 24th, we have the number 43 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 25th is the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing 26th, another playoff driver, the number 22 of Joey Logano, getting into an accident at lap 188. As well as the number 18 of Kyle Busch, who got into his fourth accident of the race and his junker of a vehicle, he finishes 27th overall. Finishing 28th, we have the number 32 of Corey LaJoy. Finishing 29th, we have the number 48 of Jimmy Johnson. Finishing 30th is the number 53 of James Davison. Finishing 31st, another rookie, the number 41 of Cole Custer. 32nd, we have the number 1 of Kurt Busch, who was the highest guy in this race in many different forms. Finishing 13th is the number 14 of Clint Boyer. Finishing 34th, the highest finishing open charter car, the number 96 of Daniel Suarez. That was a lie, excuse me. Timmy Hill was the highest finisher. I'm sorry, Mr. Hill. Please forgive me for that one. Finishing 35th in his final race, the number 62 of Brendan Gaughan. Finishing 36th is the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Finishing 37th, the worst finishing playoff driver, the number 10 of Eric Amarola. 38th uh, is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And finishing last in this race, completing a one-hole whopping lap, is the number 95 of Christopher Bell. Looking into the points, going into the final race of the round of 12, we got Denny Hamlin and Kurt Busch. They're locked in with a victory, so they're good there. There's only six spots remaining going into this final race. Kevin Harvick sits 68 points in the good, followed by Chase Elliott, who's 44 points above the cut line. Brad Keselowski sits at fifth, 41 points up. Then in the sixth spot, we have the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., 32 points above. Alex Bowman is 22 points above. And then in the eighth and final spot is Joey Logano, who sits 21 points above the cut line. The four drivers who are looking on the outside trying to look in is Austin Dillon in the number three. He's 21 points behind as well as Kyle Busch in the number 18 machine. In the 11th spot we have Clint Boyer. He is 38 points behind so he needs a victory in the next race as well as Eric Amarola who sits in the 12th spot 48 points behind. And that is your final results here at Talladega Super Speedway in the Yellowwood 532. Now Let's look at some of the goods. Believe it or not, there's some goods in this race. We're going to we're going to be positive here at the beginning. Always thinking positive, never negative. We're going to first start off with all the great racing that happened at the first 99% of the race. The race itself was really, really great in a sense that everyone had a good equal chance of winning this race. Yeah, there were some noticeable drivers who were dominating the most. I mean, Joey Logano for being super aggressive as he was. Chase Elliott as well as the number nine. Those guys led the most laps. 
but they only led about 20% of the race. The rest of that was just filled up by other drivers, and it wasn't really like Fords were dominating the race or Chevrolets or Toyotas. It was pretty equal from my perspective, which is really, really great, in a, and that's what you want from a restrictor plate race. You know that everyone has a good chance of winning this race, and that's exactly what we got out of it. I was super happy with the way they were running. I hope they keep this package for a long time now with restrictor plate racing because, my goodness, the racing has been phenomenal there. And then also, uh, here at the end, uh, here's a perfect example. Playoff drivers knew that this was going to be a wild card event. It was going to be crazy. We didn't know who was going to finish where. And just look at the top 10. There's only two drivers who finished in the top 10 that are in the playoffs. And then you have... Uh, Three rookies up here. You have guys who are flirting with the 35th in points, even though that doesn't really matter anymore. That's how far back they are, and they finished this high up. And then you also kind of really saw the stakes on how high it was here at Talladega throughout the entire run. Nobody was given an inch. And with the stage finishes, this is why we have uh, stage finishes. I think it's mostly for restrictor play races because look at this. Even though you had people like Martin Trex Jr. who wrecked out, finished 22nd, he still got 27 points. He's good. And then also other drivers like Brad Keselowski, maybe Joey Logano in a sense, getting those points. I mean, they kind of really deserve that. And it really brings excitement here to restrictor play racing. Other tracks, eh, it's a little hit or miss. But definitely for restrictor play racing, it makes it the the entire race absolutely action-packed which i absolutely love that's exactly what i want to see when it comes to a talladega or daytona race other than that <laughs> oh my god i actually got a good sound clip for what i'm about to talk about no god please no 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 every single nascar fan out there right now is pissed beyond belief and it, it has nothing to do with Denny Hamlin. I, I don't think a lot of people really hate Hamlin, except for one guy on YouTube who posted a video, and I can hear him screaming in the background as they're coming to the finish line, Not Denny Hamlin! Not Denny Hamlin! Right there in like the final few laps. So that's like the, it's a very few percentage that really hate Denny Hamlin. What a lot of people were booing was the fact that he went below the double yellow line near the finish, and they said, no, he was forced below the yellow line, and that's why he had to pass four people on the bottom. Hold up. Wait a minute. Now, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I really don't. And unfortunately, I don't think Matt DiBandetto deserved to stay in the first spot and win the race because unfortunately he did force William Byron below the uh, double yellow line, but it was made by contact. So then again, I don't really know how close that rule is, but I think Dale Jr. said it the best. Let's just have no more double yellow line rule because we have bullcrap calls like this. I can think of three off the top of my head on how NASCAR screwed up this rule, which was introduced about 20 years ago. There is really haven't been really any positives ever since this rule really came out. And because NASCAR likes to pick and choose which drivers they're going to penalize and which drivers are not going to be. Remember Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the early 2000s where he went below the double yellow line half his car and they said it was a clean pass? Absolutely BS. 
I don't care if you're a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan or not. That rule should have been instated there. But then in 2008, when Reagan Smith gets forced below the WO line by the number 20 car of Tony Stewart at the time, no, he went below the O line. He's penalized. He he doesn't get to be able to win the race. In fact, he's going to finish like 28th. Uh, Tony Stewart, yeah, he forced him down, but we're going to give him the victory. It's his first win at Talladega. Like, where where is the the middle ground? Where do we make this call? It's either black or white. There's no gray area in here that it should be a spot where everyone knows the rule, but not a single person understands this rule at all because Denny Hamlin passed four people. I understand the Chris Buescher incident. Chris Buescher forced him below the yellow line. That is the rule. So he should have been sent to the back. I don't think there's any bad call about that, but NASCAR wasn't even going to do that at first. They were going to send Chase Elliott to the back but not Denny Hamlin because he was forced below the WL line. I mean, does that make any sense, NASCAR? Does any of this make sense? This is almost as bad as a call in the NFL when they had the replacement refs in that Seattle game where one official said it was a touchdown and then the other f- official said it, um, it was a touchback. It was just a horrible call, and then they, in the end they said it was a touchdown. Absolutely ridiculous call. But it almost was like NASCAR was just like, wow. That was some very good officiating. Hey, why why don't you guys like to officiate the uh, Talladega races? And they were just like, oh, yes, we got many experience. I'll tell you how to finish a good race. And they've done that for the last few years. Even last year with Ryan Blaney slightly going below the yellow line. They didn't say a single thing about that. I, I don't know what to think anymore. And I, it almost makes me hate the Talladega races. But above all, I really think what needs to happen is just like Dale Earnhardt Jr. said. Get rid of the double yellow line rule. They're not consistent with it. It is supposed to save drivers from having less accidents, but we just hit a record of accidents. So the rule has failed. It, it's honestly failed in every shape or form because this was supposed to be, keep drivers safe. And it's done the exact opposite. If you want a perfect example on that, go to the 2009 Talladega race where Brad Keselowski got his first win. That has what it has done. And you can see it in every single race from here on out. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say, except NASCAR cannot be consistent with its calls. I thought we were past this, but still, no, they still suck ass at this. And now we just sit here, just upset, confused, and realize why we don't ever really trust NASCAR to begin with whenever they give us good news. You know what they're like? They're like a really, really disappointing dad. Like, you know when your dad just comes up and says, Hey, son, I know you've been a good kid this year, so we're going to go on a vacation. We're going to go have a nice dinner, and I'm going to take you to your favorite place in the world, Disneyland. Yay, dad! Hooray! And then literally two days, he comes back from work, all defeated. He got his ass kicked at the bank, and he looks at you and says, Sorry, son, I'm now working overtime for the next 16 weeks. For the fifth straight year, you can't have a vacation at Disneyland. And then you go to your room pissed off and sad, and you remember why your family sucks. That's what it felt like for us. I am almost really not excited for the 2021 season. That's what they've done to new fans. You're thinking, oh my god, the 2021 season's going to be great. Look at all these new tracks. But if now if this was one of your first races that you saw, you don't want to deal with NASCAR anymore. You're just like, I hate this now. I I can't trust NASCAR. We don't know who's going to be the winner. So um, that's enough of that. Uh, hey, hey, Momo, I know you were working on a top 10 list on the worst sports calls in history. This might need to be added to that top 10. 
Uh, okay, sir. I will put it above the 08 Talladega finish, and then, uh, but not above the tuck rule between the Patriots and the Raiders, because my friend Justin bitches about that game every single day, so it must be a horrible call. Wow, okay, Bubbo, you're not supposed to name drop people. That's a, actually a really good fan. Please, we don't need to lose any more fans. Okay, but yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Let's just do that. Uh, fine. But anyways, we got to move on to the next segment. Oh, I just realized what the next segment is. It's my fantasy picks that I gave you guys on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this one because I screwed you guys over worse than Matty Bandetta was screwed over by NASCAR officials. I mean, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this. I know you guys are going to look at me in utter disappointment, but let's get into it. This was our fantasy picks and let's see how they did at Talladega Super Speedway. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I I would complain about that sound effect being played, but you know what? At the same time, I I really can't complain too much because uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good way to define what my fantasy picks did for you guys. Cause uh, let's look at the top dogs real quick. I picked Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Eric Amarola, Joey Logano, and Denny Hamlin to be the top dogs. I was right about one of those guys, and honestly, Joey Logano did really well. But the other three guys that I put on my fantasy team scored a total combined points of 18 points that is like joey gase james davison and cody ware at a texas race that is not your top dogs at talladega they just they didn't really perform they got into accidents left and right and it's just an absolute bummer the top 10 guys most of them did all right i mean alex bowman scored 23 points he got into an early incident not too bad there but that's really not what you want from your third or fourth pick that's more of your fifth or sixth pick at best then Truex got 27 points. He's back to his form at restricted plate races. Chase Elliott scored 44 points. He almost had taken away from him because they said he went below the WL line. But thank goodness they fixed that. I mean, I guess they weren't completely high as a kite when making those decisions. I mean, uh, Brian France wasn't up there making the calls. But at the very least, they were a little drunk when they first said that. And then moving on, Brad Keselowski did really good with his stage finishes. This is just how he's been the last few years. Been getting really good stage points, but can't seal the deal. We kind of feared that, and that's exactly what happened. And then Clint Boyer just trying to be greedy there, and then got caught up in an accident earlier in the race, and he only got a whopping four points, so that puts him in a bad spot. Now, for the dark horses, if you were just being really, really gutsy, and you just went with nothing but dark horses, you would have been one happy person, because Chris Buescher got 33 points, even with that black flag, he still got 33 points, because because he did so well in the stage finishes, so really good on him. Tyler Reddick, first lap accident with the number 95 of Christopher Bell, still gets you 34 points. John Hunter Nemechek, 35 points, a really good run for him. Bubba Wallace was looking to be near the top, hits the wall, all the people in Alabama go nuts, and then we realize why the Confederate flag banning down there got so much bad publicity. And then lastly, William Byron. He did really good once again for the Rick Henrik team. He is definitely a great restricted plate driver. I'm just hoping he picks it up at other racetracks because he really needs to if he's going to be in that 24 car. Scored 38 points. So if you picked uh, quite a few dark horses, 
good job on you because you definitely won in your leagues this weekend. Some noticeable drivers we kept off. I talked about these guys a little bit to say why you should keep them off. Kevin Harvick, 17 points. Trust me, there's going to be a lot better races for him. 17 points. You're, you're going to cry if you get that from Kevin Harvick. Kurt Busch, 7 points. Didn't think he was going to do well. 10 points Kyle Busch. I knew he wasn't going to do well. Austin Dillon, 33 points. I mean, technically, Tyler Reddick did do better than him, but it was by one point. So, uh... I was technically right, but if you went with Austin Dillon, you're still really happy with that. Jimmy Johnson, eight points, like I said, hasn't been consistent, and this is another example. And then Ryan Newman, he he went back to form. He, he kept his nose clean, thank goodness, and he got 31 points. That was really good for Ryan Newman. He really did need that, and I guess um, his thunder has not been fully taken away at restricted play races because he can still get yourself a solid finish as her fifth or sixth pick. So those are our fantasy picks. Like I said, all I can really do is say sorry because... Um, I mean, at the most, uh, I think the person who got the most points in this entire race was uh, Chase Elliott. He scored 44 points. And then Eric Jones, I did not think Eric Jones was really going to do that well. And he scored the second most points at 41. And then Denny Hamlin, who won the race, got no stage points, still scored 40. So I don't know if there was really any uh, really good picks to go with. Because even if you went with those top guys, they still didn't get you a lot of points. I mean, yeah, Chase Elliott did. That's a good one. But I think if you would have went with someone list like all the Dark Horses plus Ryan Newman, you would be dancing because you got 150 points from guys you would never use anywhere else. And that's really what we're going to have to keep our eye on for future restrictor play races next year because it just seems like you may just want to use some of these picks and take that uh, random uh, risk because you're going to get more points out of it. And you're going to save your picks for some drivers who may have only scored 30 or 20 points in this race, but in all the other races, they'll score 45 or more. So just something to keep in mind. But those are our picks. Um, I know I'm a bum for these picks, but you know what? We tried. We attempted. We just failed. And all we have to do is move on. But before we move on, I got to get my face rubbed in some mud, dirt, maybe a little bit of dog poo. Because I got to see how good I did. Or good. (laughs) Yeah, right. How bad I did compared to the other observers. And see which one gets bragging rights and which ones get to make fun of me going into next weekend. It is time to see who is the top observer between Mechanical Manny, Crazy Corrado, and yours truly. Alright, so let's eliminate the weakest link out of this group, and it is yours truly, because I went with Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Eric Amarola, Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, and Chris Buescher. At least I was good for two of these picks, but that's about it. I got a whole whopping 117 points. Actually, I should just play that old sound effect that I used earlier in the episode, because 117 points, really? That's all I could score in this event? Ah, whatever. That's a solid bronze medal. I am definitely third the golden turd in this one. But now the question is, who did better? Was it Crazy Corrado or was it Mechanical Manny? Who gets one step closer to me and more than likely is going to pass me if I keep making picks like this? One guy went with Chase Elliott, William Byron, Kyle Busch, Clint Boyer, Joey Logano, and Denny Hamlin. So they got the winner on there and they got the guy who scored the most points. The other one went with Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott. Again, the top finishing guy in points, not the winner, but he also had some mid-card guys. Let's see who scored the most points. Is it Mechanical Manny, the man who you've never heard from and probably never will because I am too cheap to get another microphone? 
Or is it Crazy Corrado, the guy I know you've heard at least a couple times before, who makes really good picks? We have our final decision. With a mediocre score, but it's still a victory, 152 points goes to... Mechanical Manny, he is your winner once again here in the Observer Fantasy Challenge. My goodness, uh, a 152. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I guess you got the victory, so uh, good job on that one. But now you're one step closer to me, and I'm never going to hear the end of it from you, or neither Crazy Corrado, because he actually sent me a text, and he's like, uh... I, I did pretty bad, bud. I, I'm sorry. And, I'm, and I had to let him know. Uh, don't worry, my friend, because you still scored more points than me. His reply was nothing but laughing emojis. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But now Mechanical Manny only sits two victories behind me, which means he is very close and has a good chance of passing me for the championship. And with picks like that, the ones that I had, I should not win. So I really got to redeem myself at the Charlotte Roval. I got to get like 200 plus points just to gain your guys' respect once again. Because honestly, I made as good as picks as the Cleveland Browns have done for the last 20 years. So we got to redeem ourselves here at Charlotte Roval. And I feel like I can do it. But in the meantime, let's give Mechanical Manny his respects because he did get the victory. And now he's one step closer. I know I'm going to be hearing it for the rest of the time being. He's probably going to be sending me random texts. He's like, hey, uh, just want to let you know, um, I, I beat you this weekend. Uh, that is all. And then also probably quotes from Kicking and Screaming where the guy says, Law of the land, son. You cannot beat the old man in anything. So I will sit here probably in tears, maybe uh, cry just a little bit, and uh, hopefully I can redeem myself here. But in the meantime, I guess the only thing I can say to you guys is, I'm sorry. And that will conclude the last segment of today's episode, guys. This was kind of a goofier episode, but really, what more can we say? I mean, it was just horrible officiating by NASCAR, and it was a wacky finish. And I mean, the most points we could have gotten in our fantasy was, I do believe it was like uh, 180 points. That is if you went with the perfect five picks. So, I mean, it's not that's what you get from Talladega. I mean, at least we didn't have anyone screaming to the microphone, show me your butthole. So let's move on to the Charlotte Roval where things will be just as crazy, but at least we don't have a double yellow line rule to worry about. So above all, thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>